welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. In 1 Corinthians 13, um, let's, you know, I don't know how in the world we could break in here to verse 8 without reading verse 4 through 8. So let's go ahead and read verse 4 through 8, and we're going to mention something about verse 8. So this is, the, this is talking about characteristics of the love of God, and we're talking about how love is the answer to so many questions and so many problems. Love is the answer. Growing in love is the answer to so many problems. And look here, this is what we're supposed to be operating in. And this is what God is already operating in toward us. Love suffers long. And is kind. Some people are getting by pretty good on the suffering long part, but they're not kind while they're suffering. (laughs) You put them both together and you're walking in the God kind of love, right? Love suffers long and, we could say at the same time, is kind. This is a true mark of spiritual maturity. You're not just going through something tough. You're staying kind while it is tough. You know, a lot of times people get under pressure and they just yell at their spouse. They just yell at the cat. They yell at the dog. They, they yell at their kids because they're under pressure. And there's really no good excuse to be unkind. And we're not talking about the devil and demons. We cast them out. But when it comes to people, there's really no excuse. Because you, you can be corrective and kind at the same time. So, love suffers long. Love is kind. Love does not envy. One reason is because love's not looking to see what they can get. They're looking to see what they can give. Love vaunts not itself. One translation doesn't parade itself. Love is not puffed up. We could say it doesn't have a big head. Love does not behave itself unseemly or unmannerly. To the married couples, just because you got married doesn't mean you can just throw all manners out the window. That would be treating our spouse ordinary. And ordinary attracts ordinary. (laughs) So if you don't just want ordinary, you might want to up your love and honor for others instead of waiting for it to come to you. Love does not behave itself unseemly. Love seeks not her own. And this is why perfect love casts out fear. He that fears is not made perfect in love, for fear has torment. The reason love casts out fear is because love is not thinking about itself. Come on, if you're not thinking about you, why be afraid? What's there to be afraid of? What's all fear based on? Something bad might happen to me. So... Love seeks not her own. Love is not easily provoked. It takes a lot to rile up somebody who's developing in love. And love thinks no evil. And in the context here, he's talking about thinking evil toward other people. Someone says, well, I thought it, but I didn't do it. Well, thinking it is a violation of love, too. If you think think wrong when you know you shouldn't be thinking certain... 
Actually, Proverbs says the thought of foolishness is sin. Pastor, I never acted on it. Well, but if you thought it and meditated on it and pondered it, you need to repent, right? Because the Bible says the thought of foolishness is sin. The Bible says to be carnally minded is death, not just acting it out. All right. So the Bible says uh, love rejoices not in iniquity. We're never glad when others go wrong. But love rejoices in the truth. Love is gladdened by goodness. And then it says love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love never fails. Now right there is enough scripture to want to study love and grow in love. How many want to grow in never failing? Anybody want to grow and never failing on the job? Anybody want to grow and never failing in your health? Anybody want to grow in the area of never failing in your prosperity or relationship? How many want to never fail at whatever you do? Anybody interested in never failing ever again? Interesting, Peter said, if you do these things, you'll never fall. <laughs> you could read that in 1 Peter or 2 Peter. It talks about doing certain things, adding to your faith, and you'll never fall. One translation says you'll never fail. So God doesn't want us failing. He wants us succeeding. And so I want to talk to you tonight about love is the answer. But I want to, I want to kind of get to this life-changing revelations about God's love to us. And I believe we're going to move into some other things as the Lord leads. I'm not going to hold, hold, I'm not holding myself to this. But after tonight, I think we're going to get into some deep things concerning our love for other people that we haven't got into yet. And we're going to go deeper in some things. So, if you would please, um, turn to Galatians 5. And I want to talk to tonight, before we go into some other things, about becoming more aware of our motives as to why we're doing what we're doing. I think it would be good to become more aware of why we're doing what we're doing. Number one reason why I'm working. Number one reason why I'm in church tonight. Number one reason why I do this. Number one reason why I tithe. Number one reason why I give offerings. Because a lot of these things aren't really succeeding in a lot of people's lives. But the Bible says if it's done in love, it won't fail. And a lot of times we analyze, well, does tithing work? Because I've been tithing and it don't seem to work. Stop. It, knock, knock, knock that off your list. Tithing works. Now, if it's not working for you, you don't stop tithing and try something new. Right? You ask, you go a little deeper and say, hmm, maybe there's something inside about what I'm doing that's not where it should be. Maybe I'm tithing because I want to return more than anything else. And that's out of line with, you know, great blessings coming back into your life. We know that things are going to come into our life, but to tithe for the blessing, that's off. And this is one of the reasons tithing doesn't fully work for some people, because love for God's house and God's things is not the number one reason they're tithing. And therefore their tithing is, quote unquote, failing them. Tithing itself is works, but there has, the heart has to be there. 
Your heart has to be right. Kind of like even in working on the job. It's like if you really want to succeed in what you're doing, well, number one, pray and discover what he has for you and make sure you're in line with that. But then make sure that you're not just working for a paycheck like all the world does. You want to make sure there's some love, that love is the number one reason you're doing what you're doing. Hmm? Now, if you want a paycheck so you can tithe, be a giver, support your family, and things you want personally aren't really on the top of the list, that's, that's a good reason to want the paycheck is because you want to be a bigger blessing as opposed to, oh, I get to get this stuff for me, and I can have that, and I can have this. And don't get me wrong, God's not against us having nice things. He just wants it coming into our life the right way. Amen. And the right way is trust God to add it to you while you're seeking first the kingdom of love and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You know, you can substitute God for love anywhere you see God in the New Testament or Old Testament. Anywhere you see God, just for a while, just put the word love in there because First John 4 says God is love. Submit yourself, therefore, to love. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Right? As many as are led by the spirit of love, they are the sons of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of love and all these things will be added unto you. Right? So in Galatians... Um, chapter 5, look at verse 22. Galatians 5, verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit, and we know he's talking about the born-again human spirit because of the Holy Spirit living in you, because the Holy Spirit doesn't bear these fruits, we're called to bear these fruits. Now, we're bearing this fruit because of his indwelling presence, but it shows up in our life, not in the Holy Spirit's life. It's already in his life. These fruits are supposed to show up more in our life. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of our born-again Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Now, when you hear the word fruit, church, what do you think of? I don't know why I just thought of kiwi. <laughs> I like kiwi. Apples, oranges, grapefruit, watermelon, blackberries, blueberries, strawberries, bananas. What, what else do we think about when we hear the word fruit? Huh? We, we think of something that grows bigger and bigger and brighter and brighter right? Love is something we're supposed to be growing in. I believe we should expect from ourselves measurable progress in reasonable time. God expects measurable progress in reasonable time. Look at the uh, parable of the talents. God expect measurable progress. He went, the, the Lord gave him talents. He went away for a time, came back after a time, and he expected measurable progress in reasonable time. And the guys that did have some progress were rewarded. The guy who buried his in a napkin was not rewarded. It was taken from him, given to others who were actively trading, so to speak, 
and the other guy got nothing, but the guys that did something got more. Say measurable progress, in reasonable time. Now, we should, we should be able to look back last year at something that really ticked us off. At a way we responded in a certain situation. And that same thing happened this year, and we were better. We, weren't, we didn't fly off the handle. Right? We grew up. We developed. And I wish I could tell you that hearing these teachings will help you grow strong in love, but they won't. The only way you'll grow strong in love is if you remember these teachings next time you're tempted to violate love and you don't. You restrain yourself. You hold back. You say no to your flesh. You say no to that lie that says, you just need to get this off your chest or you're going to explode. Well, if I explode, I'll explode in love, right? <laughs> At least I left the earth loving. Um, and a lot of people don't equate love with suffering, but the very first characteristic of love is love suffers long. Most people equate love with how they feel. Most people equate love with how others make me feel, and then I know if I'm in love. <laughs> a lot of people who say, I love you so much. I, I need you. I, I love you so much. I can't live without you. I love you. Wrong terminology. What they should be saying is, I love what you do for me. I love so much what you do for me. I can't leave you. I need you. I love what you do for me. As opposed to, I love you. The right terminology would be, I love what you do for me. I can't live without you. I love you. On the contrary, you don't. I mean, you may to a degree, but love is about giving. Love is about giving at your own expense so somebody else can have a better life. We tell people in the church, you know, in marriage counseling at times, marriage is not about just finding the right person. Marriage is about being the right person. So love is supposed to grow. Now, we'll be amazed how life gets so much better if we just do this one thing, walk in love more. You and I, we will be totally amazed how amazing life will be if we'll just do this one thing, walk in love more. You know one of the coolest things about this? Jesus said, talking about some of the things we're talking about here, he says, if you do these things, your joy will be full. And he was talking about doing unselfish things like Jesus came to do and us doing unselfish things like he did, we're supposed to be doing. And the Lord says, here's the key, you ready? He said, you're going to be happy, not because of what people do to you, but because of what you do for other people. And the coolest thing about this is you don't have to wonder, when am I going to get happy again? When am I going to get happy again? When am I going to succeed again? Immediately, if you want. Well, when is that person going to come knocking on my door with a free dinner? When's that person going to come ask me out to lunch? When's that person going to ask me on a date? When, when's that person going to give me a thousand dollars? When, 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 when? I just would be happy if they would do that. You might be waiting a long time. I have good news for you. You can be happy starting tonight. Yeah, 
If you've had problems with depression, if you've had problems with sadness, you can be happy starting tonight. Look for something to do for somebody else at your expense. I've, I've done this multiple times in my life when um, oppression would try to come into my life or a gray feeling would try to come into my life. You know, life's just not as bright as it was sometimes. One of the first things I learned this, I learned this decades ago when I first got saved is how I overcame depression once and for all as opposed to free, bound, free, bound, free, bound. I learned this a long time. If you want to get out of depression, listen to what I'm saying right now. I would be at home and I would say, what can I do for Carla? And things start coming to my mind. Dishes, laundry, pull weeds. I kid you not. Every time I started thinking about doing something at my expense that would help her, the grayness left within minutes. I'm talking the best medication out there is what I'm telling you about right now. The Bible says if you will focus on helping other people. And God was talking to a bunch of sick, depressed people in Isaiah 58. They were sick and they were depressed. And God said, listen, if you will just focus on helping people. Get your mind off yourself. Believe that I heard your prayer. See, these people were, were, they were sick and they were depressed and God didn't tell them to pray another prayer. I believe they had already prayed a thousand prayers and it wasn't working because this needed corrected. God said, listen, if you guys will just focus on helping other, bring the poor that are cast out into your house, give food to the hungry, help people in any way you can. He said, your health would spring forth speedily. And your darkness would become as noon day. Your light would break forth like the morning. Your health would spring forth speedily. He didn't say that would happen if they prayed another prayer. He said that would happen if they start helping other people. Now, I know I'm not the only one in this. But can I just see a show of hands? How many of you have ever experienced the overcoming power over grayness or depression when you started to actively do something for somebody else at your expense. Isn't it wonderful? You want a really cool thing about this? That medication is free. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's just a decision away. Now, how about this? Alright, if that kind of lifestyle, if that kind of love will get you out of a problem, what would happen if we started acting in that kind of love when we didn't have a problem? Could we actually go higher than where we are? Success, prosperity, joy, health, blessing. Do we have to wait till depression comes to activate this kind of blessing? You can, but I'd suggest get out of the pit, but now get on the mountaintop. Anybody interested in getting out of the valley? Anybody interested in going to the top of the mountain? So you might want to consider doing all these wonderful, loving acts of kindness when everything's well, if you want it to be more well. Right? And this is, this is a huge deal. It, it doesn't take long. It's like, it's, like, it's like getting in the Word when you're needing a breakthrough, or when you're needing to hear from God, and everything's confusing, and all this stuff's coming against you, and it seems like everything's falling apart. M multiple times, at times like that in my life, 
I have ran to the Word, started praying in tongues, started listening to a sermon, started praying and seeking God. Within minutes, I'm in victory. Sometimes we think, oh, I'm going to have to fast for three days and get a breakthrough. You'd be surprised what one solid hour with God and your Bible or a teaching, teaching series or a, a, just hearing the Word of God, reading the you're, You'd be surprised at what one hour would do for you if you just cut off all distractions and didn't answer any phone calls or emails for one hour and spent that one hour just seeking God. Because I've done it many times. I, I was thinking, Carl, I need to take a week out and seek God. After about 45 minutes, I said, Carl, I don't need to take a week out. I'm getting answers right now after 45 minutes of diligently seeking the Lord. The same thing in this area of walking in love. It's like things happen quick. The Bible says when you really start walking in love toward other people, Isaiah 58, when you really start walking in love actively toward other people, your health will spring forth speedily. I like the word speedily. God's a very present help in time of trouble, right? He'll avenge us speedily. Now is the day of salvation. Today is the day. I like quick stuff, don't you? Well, I can't think of a quicker way to be healed, delivered, set free, come up financially than to start actively walking in love on a higher level, which simply means your stuff takes a back seat, your spouse's stuff takes front seat or your employer or your co-worker or your child or whoever. You know, to really walk in love like the Lord wants us to walk in love, we are going to be sacrificing a lot. Time, money, energy, things we want. Next time you really want to do something, before you say it, say, but honey, what would you like to do instead? Next time you are just craving a Freddy's hamburger, but you know your spouse wants to go to Boston's, before you say Freddy's, let's go to Boston's. <laughs> are you listening to me? What are you doing? You are activating the power of God and God is able to manifest great things in your life. Are you listening to me? Next time you're sitting down thinking about what movie to watch and, and you, 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 know, you want to watch that chick flick, guys, and the, and the woman wa- and your wife wants to watch Jurassic Park? All right? Before you say sleepless in Seattle, let's watch, let's watch Jurassic Park, honey. <laughs> ah, I'm telling you, this, this is medicine like the world has no answer for. I mean, this, is, this has been around for thousands of years. It's absolutely amazing. Um, let me show you something here in John chapter 15. John 15, Jesus in like these, John 13, John 14, John 15, he's talking a lot about the Holy Spirit and he's talking a lot about love. I mean, from chapter 13, he talks about all men will know you're my disciples because of your love one to another. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. He starts talking about if you love me, keep my words in John 14. He talks about abiding in the vine and abiding in love. And in John 15, look at verse 10. If you keep my commandments, now remember his commandments are love one another as I have loved you. You can read that in the previous verses. He said, if you keep my commandments, you're going to remain in my love. 
even, I as, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in His love. These things about all this love and walking in love and remaining in love, I've spoken unto you that my joy might last and remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. What's he saying happens when we walk in love? Did you read that? He said, if you walk in love, your joy is going to be full. Amen? So really, our happiness is way more dependent on what we do for others than what others do for us. And the good news about that is you can get happy before you go to bed tonight. And if it don't work, the Bible's not true. But the Bible is true. You can't actively walk in love and do things for other people without something really good coming back into your life. Aren't you glad you don't have to wait for so-and-so to come by your house? Do for you what you'd always wish they would do for you or take you out to this or do that. Aren't you glad you don't have to wait for that? You can have fullness of joy by your initiation, not somebody else's initiation towards you. <laughs> and remember, if you're really down and out, this is the way to get out of that. But if you want to just go higher, do it when everything's well and you can see greater success in your life. Remember the scripture, love never fails. Now with that, think about this. If what you are doing, you know, working on the job, going to church, if what you're doing, if what you're doing, and I'm saying whatever you're doing, if what you're doing is motivated by love, then what you're doing will never fail. I think that's one of the things the Lord was trying to say to us. Love never fails. He said, if you will do the things in life that you're doing, you know, that are consistent with a godly life, you know, if you'll do what you're doing because you love first and foremost, love God, love the people you're working around or are doing, if you will do it because you love, now what you're doing will succeed. And people, people say, so I wrote this down. Why doesn't my tithing and giving work? And the devil will be right there. Because it's not for today. Because it's not, it, it doesn't apply to the New Testament church. Why isn't my tithing and giving work? Well, because you're not giving enough. Are you giving in the wrong place? Or, you know, tithing is Old Testament or blah, 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 blah. When really, it's supposed to be working really good and it's not supposed to be failing you. Now, what can make it fail? If you're doing it for a motive other than love. I like to look at it like this. When I tithe my tithe to this church, I'm doing it first and foremost because I love God whose church this is. I love him. I love the head of the church. I love his body. The church is the body of Christ. And I love the people that this church is reaching out to because of my ability to help tithe and be a support to this ministry. And I'm doing it because I love my wife and I love my family. And I know that if I do this right, increase is going to come into my life and I can give Carla whatever she wants. 
But if it's, I'm tithing so I, I'm tithing so me, I'm tithing so I can get that, I'm tithing so I can be satisfied in this, I'm tithing so I I can have that. Well, it may take a while for tithing to show up as it's working in your life because faith works by love and love never fails and if there's something else in there other than love, it does have the chance of failing. And so I'll say it again. I said this a few minutes ago. We need to really become more aware of our motives in everything we're doing. Because a lot of times people say, well, this isn't working, so I'm going to move. Maybe what you're doing is the perfect will of God, but the reason you're doing it is not the perfect will of God. And a lot of people have moved and they found out that the same problems happen in another state, they happen in another job, they still aren't getting ahead, they still have got the grayness, the prosperity is still not there because they changed something natural that they thought was the problem when it wasn't the problem. The problem was an inward tweak. Uh, you know, I mean, that's a musician's term. Let's just tweak that a little bit so it sounds better. It, maybe it's a motive area. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver and is able to make all grace abound toward a cheerful giver, so they always have all sufficiency and all things may abound to every good work. He's not just talking about people who give, he's talking about people who do it with the right heart, cheerfully. They're glad to do it, prompt to do it. So people say, why is my career not taking off? You might be in the right career. Don't think you've got to get another career. Maybe there's a reason on the inside of you for moving out in that career that needs a little bit of adjustment. Why do I really want to do this? Is it about me? Or is it about God and others? And people working on the job. You need to ask yourself the question, am I doing this because I want to show love to the people I'm working for? Or are they just a boss giving me money and I'm going to do this thing the way I want to and, you know, if my boss gets too mad at me, I'll sue him. Well, if you want to sleep well at night and not have a gray cloud follow you around when you go visit palm trees and beaches, you need to walk in love because it's not going to work. You may get the money, but you have the grayness too. So some people say, why isn't my faith for healing working? Well, let me tell you a great way to get a quick healing. Are you ready? Number one, no, the scriptures believe God and confess the word and rebuke the devil. But here, here's, you ready? Quick, quick healing, you ready? I want healed so I can love better and love more and go further with my love. I want healed so I can be around long enough to raise my kids. I'm going to overcome this disease first and foremost because I love God and honor what he did for my healing. But number two, I need health to love. I need health to walk in love in a a greater way. Because you you can walk in love. Don't get me wrong. You can walk in love in an iron lung. You can. I know that's very old-fashioned. But you can walk in love, you know, under a machine in the hospital. You can. You can pray for people. But you might be able to do a little bit more if you can walk out of there. So if you want healing so you can help people, Well, your faith's going to work really good for healing because faith works by love. What if you had to be healed? What if you had to be rich? Well, maybe we need to think about that for a minute. What, What do you mean, what if I had to be rich? What if something in you 
couldn't be satisfied unless you had more means to help people. Could it possibly help you to receive more increase so you have the means? Could, could, it, could it be? Love's powerful stuff. Jesus was moved with compassion and healed sick people. Compassion moved him to do some supernatural things and people got greatly helped. Some people say, why can't I shake fear? Well, because see, fear's based on what's happening to me, 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 or what might happen to me. But if you're not thinking about you, how could fear really get you? Somebody say, well, no, I'm afraid of what might happen to my kids. No, you're afraid of how you're going to feel if something does happen to your kids. You know what I mean? So, changing in the natural may not be the answer. Adjusting your motive as to why you're doing what you're doing may be the answer. I have to close here in just one minute, but turn to one more scripture, please. Um, actually, don't. Don't turn there. Say this. I can start, I can start a, life of joy a life of joy right now. Right now. now, who said your joy is going to be full if you walk in love? Who said that? Jesus said that. Now, the flesh says, no, wait a minute. If I walk in love, I'm giving up something that would make me happy. No, no, no. If you're giving up something to make somebody else happy, now God's in charge of your joy, not just a material possession coming into your life. How many know God can give you a lot more joy than a material possession coming into your life? What would you rather have, the material possession or the one who created everything? I think he knows how to make us happy more than a Lamborghini or a 4,000 square foot paid for home, right, or whatever. And see, he wants these things to come into our lives, but he doesn't want us... Uh, he doesn't want us thinking that those are the things that will satisfy me. <laughs> Has anybody been around long enough to realize that a brand new car feels the best the moment you buy it, and after that, two, two hours later, it doesn't feel like that good. You know, like the feeling doesn't last. How many know when you get your $100,000 car out on the road for a week, you're not going to have the same feel. The best part about buying a new car is the hour before. <laughs> Man, cherish that hour before because after that, it's going to be like any other piece of metal out there or plastic or whatever out there. And it's going to be just another car. Jim Carrey said, he said, I wish everybody, this is after he became a multimillionaire. He said, I wish everybody in the world could be rich and famous so that they would realize that's not what makes you happy. I don't recommend Jim Carrey's movies. I don't, I'm putting a disclaimer here. I'm not saying he's a, some kind of a preacher or anything. I just thought it was interesting to see somebody who did make it financially realize that's not what's going to make you happy. But walking in love, ooh, you don't need a dime to walk in love. But you'll, you know, money will come to you if you're walking in love because you're a very, very, very safe investment to God. But um, you, you can start that tonight. Sometimes we just get caught in our groove and we're satisfied with where we're at. We need to get dissatisfied with where we're at and realize there's a lot higher ground to attain to. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 